2: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next
1: adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wisu, the unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC's Campfires is brought to you by DSC, Conservation, Education, and Hunter Advocacy. Hornady, Accurate, Deadly, Dependable. Trigicon, Brilliant Aiming Solutions. Taurus, Makers of the Raging Hunter Handgun. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, Double Nickel Taxidermy. Now here's your host, Larry Wysu.
2: Welcome to this week's DSC's Campfires. And the campfire this time is around a table, actually, somewhere north of Roswell, New Mexico, on the end of a pronghorn antelope hunt. And we've got Mr. Randy Lewis with RLE Outfitters, and that's RLEOutfitters.com, if I remember correctly. We've also got Keith Stevens, who's one of his primary guides, and does a lot of other different things, particularly with Wounded Warriors, and then Got two friends here. One's been, we've been friends for a long, long time. Mr. Richard Berry, who happens to be a cook primarily or a camp chef. I, I use a chef loosely because to me, a camp cook is a better, a whole lot better to eat than a chef is in terms of the food that they produce. And they got Mr. Andy Iverson with us as well, too. Andy and I've kind of known each other through mutual friends for a long time. And this is a special hunt as far as I'm concerned because Richard, this is your first prong hornet antelope hunt now i assume you've cooked for some pronghorn antelope hunters in fast
3: with wildlife system. yes sir. the very first pronghorn hunt ever and couldn't be more pleased it was everything and then some uh, saw a lot of animals plenty opportunities there just had to get on the right one at the right time and made it happen this morning about seven thirty, right after first light and uh, got a great antelope. Gonna have him mounted put him in my office. Can't wait to get him back. I already want him back from the taxidermist. I haven't even taken him yet. Well, I noticed also that since you're a camp
2: cook, you took every smidgen of meat. You, you, I mean, a, a, a beetle would have a hard time if, to, to even get a meal out of what you're Fire you doesn't have a bite left on there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And Andy, you, you've been you've been hunted a lot as well too. And I understand that you shot one years ago with your dad. Is that correct? Yes,
4: sir. When I was about eighteen years old, out in Texas, a friend friend hunt, and it lasted about fifteen minutes. We turned a corner, and there was one. And the guy said, "That's a pretty good one to shoot it." And that was my extent of hunting antelope until now. And now I I feel like I've gotten a, a real experience from from seeing so many. Making decisions, understanding how to judge them, Uh, they're a super hard animal to judge from what I've learned this last couple of days, and and, uh, I couldn't be more pleased with the experience.
2: Well, you shot a really nice one, by the way, <laughs> as, as did you, Richard. I'll tell you what, I was, I was very pleased because in the fact that I was able to come up and hunt with uh, Russell and Mary Edith Stacy earlier, and, uh, and uh, they had, a, unfortunately, before they had an opportunity to finish their hunt, but I did, and I shot a really good antelope. So I had the opportunity, thank you, Andy, and thank you, Richard, to uh, to spend time with you guys when y'all were out in the field. Thank you.
4: Yeah, thank <laughs> you. This is this is a this has been a great experience,
1: Keith.
2: You do a lot of wounded warrior type hunts, don't you? I do. Why?
5: You know, I wasn't in the service, but you know, watching these guys these these are young men that went overseas and sacrificed a lot. Yes. Um, lost limbs, um, stresses on their family, stresses on their marriage, and it's just one of those things. If you can just give back. You know if i can just do a little bit you know to make these guys you know feel whole again because a lot of these guys are double triple single amputees blind yes um we've taken blind guys to shoot all dads and alligators and um just it 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 does my heart well and the cool thing is i raised my my oldest son doing it and uh, he got to understand the fact that these guys had sacrificed so much you know for our country and we're just giving a little bit back, and uh, we we just we can't thank them enough for what they did. So. Randy, does he have any
6: kids? Does, does, does Keith have any kids? Keith Keith's got a harem of kids. He's got a, he's got a flock of kids. I don't know, I don't know what you call how many gag- kids Keith has. It's a had. gaggle. It's a gaggle, a gaggle. Of kids. But I will tell you, the one thing Keith does have is he's got an amazing family that is held together by his beautiful wife and. He has instilled in those kids everything that you need to have um, to be successful in life and I've got a lot of friends I've got a lot of acquaintances, I've got a lot of people but uh there's not a lot of people that I would model the way that I raise my kids after, but Keith would be one of those guys because his kids are uh, amazing and he's a great dad, and I'm proud to proud to know him. I appreciate.
2: It. I am too, but I was very impressed. We were driving around after a very successful hunt this afternoon, and we're driving some back country looking, to just just spending time together. And all of a sudden, the ATV goes to a sliding halt, and you jump out and grab the phone. Who are you talking
6: to? Well, you know. I've got a little girl um, that is my whole world, and uh, for me, I'm I'm blessed to be able to do so many things. My life is so full, but nothing has filled it like that eight-year-old girl, and in my life, that's all that matters. I mean, I've got all you guys around me all the time, people that are wonderful. But uh, I do what I do, and God has blessed me in a way that is so, I'm so fortunate that when I'm not around the great people that I um, am able to have in my life, um, I'm able to 100% focus on that little girl. And so that little girl takes precedence over everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I understand I saw the photograph, and that impressed me, I'll tell you right it was there. It pretty cool. That sunset was to our right,
4: and he was to our left, having that great conversation, and we were just enjoying it all. And, yeah. and uh, I would, That was the highlight of the trip. Oh, me. yeah, that was, that was super cool.
1: It's, uh,
6: you know, I, I'm, like I said, I'm blessed. And, um, the one thing that I would say about, about everything that we all get to do is that the time that we're able to spend with our youngsters, and you guys know this. Look, I'm an old guy with a very young daughter, but (laughs) the time that we get to spend with our kids, um, I don't think that there'd be any way that that could ever be replaced. Money, none of that stuff's important. What, what, what they can put on my gravestone is that my time was given to my daughter, and that's all I care about because that's what matters in my life. It, it really
2: does. All of us had kids and have kids. And, and to me, I've had two daughters and got four grandsons, little granddaughter. And, of course, all of them had the opportunity to hunt, and they all hunt and fish now as well, yep. too. Today, we were shooting a bunch of different guns. We were out here, you got a great setup here on on this particular property, just north of Roswell a little way, and we had a young lady,
1: (laughs) what did she do?
6: (laughs) So so this this particular young lady, she's she's, uh, the ranch manager's wife and she is just an amazing cook. I'm blessed to have great cooks at my camps, but um, she's very unassuming, very quiet. She doesn't say much. Uh, she just works hard, puts her head down, her head down, goes to it. And I'll tell you just a quick fact about her: is she has a master's degree in business. She ain't never told them very many people that. Really, She's got a master's degree. <laughs> wow. So she comes out there. We're all shooting because you know we are good shots. So, all no, the best, the best in the world, best in the world. <laughs> without Surround a The With Rifle, pistol,
5: all of them.
6: That ended today. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 five of us out there shooting, and uh so she first off, everybody shoots a four fifty four cas, and nobody can hit the gong <laughs> at a hundred yards. Marie steps up takes the first shot, misses. But barely. Barely, takes the second shot and bangs the gong. (laughs) It's hanging on one chain, because I shot the chain off on it. (laughs) So then it's swinging (laughs) swinging back and forth, and she's just waiting for it. And she's just sitting there, and she sends the next one. And I'm gonna tell you what, she missed that moving gong very, very little. So then she picked up a rifle, hits the bullseye dead center, picks up a different rifle, hits the gong dead center, Picks up a third gun, hits that one at 200 yards, <laughs> knocks the heart out of the bottom of the target. I'm going to tell you what, I don't ever want that young lady shooting at me, ever, ever, ever. She
4: took the fourth gun, which was the iron sight, going oh, yeah. away, oh, yeah. and finishes the day with yeah, that. <laughs> like, and none of us hit the target. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah.
6: We all got
2: to shoot It was a Mossberg scout rifle, a 408, open sights, and none of
6: us came anywhere close to hitting that target or that, that gun. Needless to say, I can bet money that next time we have a group in here, Marie's going to be putting money out wanting to do bets. That's going to make my. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I would walk away quickly.
5: <laughs> yeah, no joke. What would you call her? A gun shark? Oh, yeah. yeah. A gun shark. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, she
4: knew how to play us.
2: It, it is amazing. Uh, over the years, I've had the opportunity to hunt with so many different women because the guys that I was hunting with on, or the properties I was managing didn't want to hunt with that lady. You know, and t- I've learned a long time ago there are deadly killers. Mm-hmm. They're, the, the, it's amazing because they don't get excited, but they also pay attention and they learn very well. When she stepped up here, the first one I first handed, that Taurus, in the, and actually it was in the, uh, the forty five. Long Coat. And I watched her and then how she handled that gun and if she shot and hit the target with that one and then she switched to the four fifty four .454, so, I said, who taught you how to handle guns? She said, my daddy did. Mm-hmm. And
6: there was no question she knew exactly what she was doing. Well, you know, the thing about that, and I think we talked about this out there, I've been blessed to be able to hunt with a lot of different women in a lot of different places. The thing about women is they will always outshoot all of us, oh, all of us, them. because they have no ego, they have no um, no showing off to do. Yeah. All they're trying to do is do what they're supposed to do, which is hit the target. And ninety nine percent of the time, they're going to make you look like an absolute <laughs> fool, like that she did well, today. It, 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 it rang in my heart that we need to be paying
5: attention when we're training our kids. Look at the <laughs> effect it had on her. Mm-hmm. At yeah. this point. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, You're yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Her head's on the right, the right place. <laughs> I mean, she. I'm mean, really impressed. That was probably I mean, 20 years crossed. ago and yeah. she still carried that, it that with her forward, Exactly, and she'll carry it to her daughter. Yep. Oh yeah, no doubt because they've got a little girl that's what, about six, six. years old? Yep. Yeah. Yep. No doubt she will fall in her footsteps funny. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is they
5: went and got their CCW, her and Michael's her husband and uh, she, outshot she out shot him. She out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael told
2: me she's Duh, don't feel so bad about <laughs> it. She
4: shot me at everything that oh, I'm yeah. to do. Kind yep, of like, exactly. I thought it was awesome at the end, we were just like, how is this possible? She just shrugs her shoulders, yeah. smiles, and
2: walks back right? out. Yeah. It's like just, yeah, as as just another convicts. another yep.
5: day so. out here. Probably so. take your $20
1: bill. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think she would or whatever that bet was. <laughs> Anybody be foolish enough to bet against her, they're going to take it. She is going to take it. We need bet. to work that with the next people. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, then you're right. right. You, you need to partner with them.
5: So <laughs> you yeah. can't that. beat her. Put that hat. Gotta have a little shitty competition here. Exactly. <laughs> well, let's bring out the hired hand. Yeah, exactly.
2: Because also, very honestly and truthfully, the young that young lady knows how to cook stuff. Oh, I mean, I came here hoping that I could lose some weight, and I think I've actually gained (laughs) some weight. Well, in a
6: professional camp cook, compliment. that means something. So, well, but I'm going to give him a a little compliment too because you know, this morning we got done and we came in here, and he uh, he just whipped out a little old breakfast skillet yeah. that, uh, you know, you couldn't get anywhere. I eat all over the country, and I would go. If he opened a restaurant, I would drive across just the state just after
3: It was dang sure good. Uh, thank, thank you for that. that. Well, that, how did you get into cooking, Richard? Actually, my grandfather was a cook on some ranches down south, and he'd heard all the names, one of them being the Kennedy on a chuck wagon. On really? Cut, on cattle drives, and really I inherited his chuck wagon. And he ended up selling it because my grandson did not got pictures, and my grandson did not want to carry on the tradition. That's
6: a shame. But you Too said your work. daughter can
3: cook. My daughter, got my daughter a daughter, a damn good cook, cook. <laughs> but she did not want to do the chuck wagon thing. It's a right. lot of work. Yeah. Oh, it is and a that, lot of work. That's a wagon. That's a has that been competition in Cheyenne, my own at a frontier good. days. Oh, Antioch. really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's how it started. My job was to stir the beans and make sure they did not <laughs> stick in <and laughs> yeah. <to> water, <laughs> right? Right. And then he's the one that taught me how to make the gravy. Mm-hmm. From little and nothing, he made a thing called pepper gravy. It was nothing but lard, flour. And black pepper and salt, mm-hmm. and it come out looking like a darkish black gray. And on a fresh cathead biscuit, you can. <laughs> I made it down at Larusha last year, and no one would even try it because of the color. Oh, it, the it just looks—it looks like a yellowish black because pepper does have a little bit of yellow, right? Colony. Right. But it's got a tremendous amount of pepper, and it's got a bite because it's coarse. It's yeah, black of course, pepper, it's right. fine ground black pepper. But you brown your flour like a roux and then you add that pepper in and then here comes and it's not milk, it's water. That's it's water. Crazy. Yeah. They didn't have milk on chuck wagons mm-hmm. out in the middle, they didn't have refrigeration. Not did so it was all from scratch. Stop but that's how a lot of flour. milk some little cows that they had a little either. And then growing up I'm six years older than my sister. So early on I went with my granddad and I helped him cook at home because he did most of the cooking at grandma's house. I was allowed to prep vegetables. Chicken fried right. steak, trim the, the tendons and everything out of the meat, get it clean. And then salt and pepper, it, season it, flour it. But I was not allowed to turn the stove on until I was 10. Hmm. And so I would do that at home. My mother worked at a bank. And my dad was in the oil field. So I would prep everything all the way up to the point of turning the stove on. Then I was allowed to go ahead and boil the potatoes, but no hot oil. Boil the potatoes and heat the vegetables. Then it evolved into breading the chicken fried steak, or the chicken or whatever, and frying it, and absolutely doing the whole meal. And my sister resented it because she had to do the dishes and clean up <laughs> I said, Well if you get over here, I'll teach you and we'll trade off. She never wanted to learn. And she still can. It's still, it's still <laughs> no, she's sixty two years old and can't fry an egg. But well, so, let's okay. back up a little bit. There's probably some people
2: around that listen to this that don't know what a roux is. And that's R O U X. R O
3: U X equal parts of lard, cooking oil. But not canola oil and not olive oil. It's got to be either lard or the crisco, the hard, not the liquid. that has got to be the, the hard white salad, stuff that hard hard you hard white comes in right. a pan yeah. that you make pie crusts and things out. Like yeah that. And an equal part of flour. On low heat, and you stir, and you get so sick of stirring, but you stir that till it turns the color of peanut butter. And it takes about 45 minutes on low heat. Mm. In an iron it has to be in an iron, now, iron I was say, I, that's, that's where I was going to hit thing. with all this. It
2: has to be in a cast iron. Cast iron yeah. skillet.
3: And then you add your, your liquid, whatever you're going to add to make your, your gravy, or you're going to make a gumbo, or you're going to make a touffé, which I make all of those things. It's all done with the same root. The same root, the same starter, the, the same yeah. starter. It's the same starter. And it's a, it's a thickening agent. And uh, that's how you make it. It's not art.
4: I gained another five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this has been like all weekend here.
2: Well, I have, to, I have to ask, as one of the premier outfitters throughout much of the West, Randy, do you cook? No, sir,
6: I do not do it. But what I do do is I have some of the finest cooks in America working for me. Yeah, yes, you do. That way, I'm a mediocre outfitter. You're very kind. No, I'm a mediocre outfitter. But I am great at making sure that when you come in, you got really good food. Because you can be kind of good at a lot of things. But really good food makes up for that mediocreness.
2: Well, you know, to me, food is always important in the hunting camp. But it becomes even more important when the weather is bad and people aren't seeing anything. That's when you want to talk what are we gonna To me, that makes so much difference when you have a good cook. And- Send that little text, says, "Hey, could you put that apple pie?" Yeah. That'd be stupid if you could do that. Well, I'll tell you what, in, in Miss Marie that you have here, not only can she shoot, she can
6: cook. She can I mean, sure. Oh my God, the meals have been fantastic. I am absolutely blessed with the finest cooks in all of the states that I hunt, and I don't know how I got that lucky, but. Uh, Uh, i got to tell you, that's the one thing. If you leave our hunting camps hungry, it's because you either don't know how to use a fork or you're (laughs) way too picky. That's all I can tell you. Well, you're selling yourself short as a
4: guide because uh, our hunt... That, that that little hike we took to get to that antelope uh was super special. So because would we, you tell
5: him from the start you were what?
2: A
4: flyer white tail hunter. I'm a lazy West Texas deer hunter. I, I, I admit it and that's just who I am. But he didn't take that. He said, No, we're gonna we're gonna hike two miles or whatever. <laughs> but what was cool is we went down this draw Santa Fe trail. I mean there was there was old remnants of stuff and uh I tried to keep up with it. We, we got there, and, and we ended up getting the guy. Yeah, I mean, it we, took it took a little strategy, but you, you put that strategy together. And well, I, I can't thank you
6: enough for that. Uh, you know, the pleasure is mine. I, look, it goes to you guys. I, I can do my job. Keith can do his job. Uh, we can all do our job. But what it comes down to is putting the hunter in the right position and giving the opportunity to make that shot and to be feel comfortable with that. We're not a uh, – um, a hardcore go 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 can't have any fun everything we do is centered around having fun and so even when we made that long trip and you know Andy was like Andy no wanna hike you with Randy and, uh, and and then we got going and, and, and we made the strategy where we found that buck where he was going got in front of him so you guys, when we set you up and you capitalized, that was, that's what makes us look the best. We can do all our job, but if you can't fulfill your end of the contract, it's not that good. And <laughs> so you guys, both of you, stepped up and just knocked it out of the park when it was pitched to you. So thank you guys for being. And so did Larry. I mean, you know, he's mediocre, but, you know, you guys were phenomenal. Hey, somebody had to stay with me and go around to pick <laughs> you guys up. Yeah, we're glad you were there because could you imagine this, Andy? If you could if have we, driven a little closer, it would have really helped. <laughs> so so here's the thing: we walk about, we walk, we walk about a mile and three quarters, and we're up on this hill. And I said, "Well, there's our ride back over, and it's back about three quarters of a mile." And he goes, "Can he drive any closer?" And I said, "No, Andy, he's as close as he can come." So when I, well, Six, sixteen canyons. And action.
2: (laughs) And action.
3: You're right. No, no commercial break. Eight eight years ago, we started one in Freer and but I've been in a wounded warriors thing for years and taking them out to my place. Yeah. And we just enjoy it. We were giving up Christmas with family to have Christmas, the tree, the gifts, bring the kids, bring the wife, have a full blown Christmas meal. And let them hunt, let them do fish, hunt, yeah. hike, hunt arrowheads, do whatever. It's your weekend. You do what you all want to do. We're just going to be in the background. If you need something, to let me know. Okay, that's worked well. Well, now we've started one with all the situations with the PTSD and people being in, in dire situations, and a lot of us have been. Uh, we did what we call wounded heroes mm-hmm. of America, and we've included first responders. And yeah, we have to. Our policemen, yeah. our policemen. Yeah. And our firemen. And I was an industrial firefighter, high-angle rescue tech, for 20 years in a refinery putting out gasoline fires and climbing down in towers. that had zero oxygen in the tower with a tank on to retrieve people that had collapsed in these towers. So I first had my hands on that sort of thing. And I know what it does to you. Yep. My grandson asked me a pertinent question two years ago when he turned 16. He said, Grandpa, do you remember the names of all the guys you saved when you went down in those towers and got them? I said, no, I don't, but I remember everyone I didn't. Mm-hmm. True, mm-hmm. true. You know, the ones that came out are good. They're doing well. Yeah. The ones that didn't make it out, I feel so sorry for them. And you second again, this is where the PTSD comes. Was I fast enough? Was mm-hmm. I trained mm-hmm. well enough? What did I? What could I have done to get in there quicker and get him out? Yeah. And, and there's, there's really no answer to that because generally, by the time we arrived, it was a, a basically yeah. a body recovery. They had already right, passed right. away. But you have to make a show to the co-workers that you're trying, CPR or whatever, even though they have passed, to show that you are doing your dead-level best to get them back out of there and get them on an ambulance and get them down, yeah. you know. So we did the wounded heroes thing to kind of add in some of those fellows. And, um, and last year we granted a, a DPS uh, officer that was side-swiped while checking a license and not going to give a citation, he was going to give a warning on the side of the highway down the Rio Grande Valley, a car lost control, got too close and sideswiped him and took off both of his legs. And I'm an auctioneer and and not a good one, but I try. And I, I, uh, and not I, but we raised in an hour and 15 minutes, $45,000 for him. That's awesome. And and handed him the money right there on the spot, you know? And that's the kind of things that I think we as, as citizens and patriots and and people who are so fortunate, we have no idea how fortunate we really are to you. don't have to look very far. Mm-hmm. You can look next door, across the street, downtown, wherever. There's always someone that needs your help that can definitely benefit from just the kindest, littlest thing. Mm. Yeah. You know? Well, and that, I mean, what I always go to, and I
4: mean, I've been hunting since when I was nine years old. But as I've gotten older and uh, sitting in a blind or whatever, I mean, sunrises... Mm. in a sun i mean it's not about the hunt at that point Mm. it's about nature it's about the beauty around us and and uh that's what i've seen these guys talk about when they come down is it's not about the the thing they get it's it's about the feeling they get from the environment they're in and it shows them a bigger bigger piece of life uh so uh, I, I feel very strongly about helping them feel that and, mm-hmm. and give them the resources to go do that ongoing. Right, and uh,
3: I I love Randy's idea about the play it forward. That is yeah. a hell of a concept, and I'm going to try to introduce that into the group we have. Yeah, because I think that that makes them feel needed, and wanted, and essential well, to the future of what we're doing.
4: It's absolutely in context with military experience too. You 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 know. You come in as a recruit, and then you come back and lead, and then you become a leader, and they they thrive on that kind of style. And yeah. paying it forward is just, to them, just the next step in, in staying active and staying in, as part of a group.
2: And yeah, we're gonna, I, mean, I want to come back to the, all this, what we're talking about. Unfortunately, we had a this problem here, so we switched horses kind of in midstream. But you're talking about paying it forward. And, and to me, one of the things that sometimes we forget and we're, we switched over to – our, our heroes as far as I'm concerned who, and from the military and, and first responders and to me one of the things that we need to also remember quite often is their families. Mm-hmm. Those families do have, I mean they sacrificed a tremendous amount and to me it's important that we get those guys back in, in, into, the, into society if you will, but I think it's also important that we involve their families wherever we
3: can. Mm-hmm we have in the last three years just decided that when we have these guys we're going to honor them when we have them in special seating in these events they're there with their families and everything that we have our wives and our companions come in and give them the wives Mm -hmm. a a spa day and a shopping treat at the mall to a store of their choice go buy a new outfit you know and then give them give them money to take the kids to wherever water park or whatever give them free tickets to take that and that way they're getting an appreciation as well because they have had to be there at home and deal with the PTSD the injuries it's it's, uh, helping or the loss or Or the the loss Uh, the loss exactly
2: tell me about the pay it forward if you don't mind Randy
6: so it's a group called operation pay it forward and I was lucky enough to be able to uh, auctioneer for uh, one of their events and uh we donated a couple of hunts Uh, i didn't know them but i wanted to make sure that they had everything that they needed and so it's grown into a um, uh, a passion of mine Uh, we just came back from salt lake city in april we went out to their national fundraiser and um, there's there's nothing that they can't do so what they do is that if, if you host a hunt um, then your whoever you bring in is expected to host another hunt. It doesn't have to be a hunt. It could be a fishing trip. It could be a camping trip. It could be horseback riding. It could be taking a walk in the park. Right. But whatever you do, you then need to push that forward to the next person. So it's called Operation Pay It Forward. And the man that started is a rancher and a hunter. And um, what they have done is they have, what you were talking about, Richard, is have M put the whole family unit together. So. It's not just about the wounded warrior or the provider. It's also about their family and making them feel special and, and making them feel as what they are, which is a caregiver, a shoulder to cry on, uh, you know, at sometimes uh, the person that has to do the dirty work. Uh, look, if you have fought for this country and you have or, or done anything for this country and you have lost any sort of limb any sort of PTSD you're fighting that. it is imperative that you have good people around you. We lose 22 veterans a day and we do that because most of them don't have a support group. And a lot of them sadly have turned away from God because of the bitterness that they um, carry inside of them. And so we're able to talk to them, not minister, no. just talk, no. just visit. Yeah. And if you can provide something that they can see that's tangible, the um, outpouring from them becomes so immense. And you can never have another bad day when you deal with Operation Pay It Forward or when you deal with Wounded Warrior Outdoors, which is how I met Keith. Look, I I, I used to complain a lot about my back hurting or my hip being (laughs) hurt or whatever. You know what, I get up at night and I walk in there and I go to the bathroom and I can tell you the number of men and women that I know that have to strap a pair of legs on or to get into a wheelchair or have to have somebody help them them. and you can't have a bad day and your kids can't have a bad day And, 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 and nobody can have a bad day because you didn't A, give anything for your country, which is a huge deal, but you're also not allowed to not be tough when the time comes because most of those guys and girls have more strength, fortitude, and courage in the end of their finger than most of us will ever have in our entire bodies. So if you have the chance, if you have the chance, whatever group it is, as long as it's a group that gives 95% of the money back to the Warriors. Be a part of. Be a part of it. Yeah, Amen. Mm-hmm. I and don't be afraid to ask
2: for the financial statement. That's state, exactly of right. I get asked a lot to help a lot of different, yep. and that's the first thing I ask yep. for. And there's some really good organizations, <laughs> yeah. and there were some really great organizations that started for all the right purposes, yeah. and then all of a sudden the dollar figure came up. So don't be afraid to ask for a financial statement if you want. They're asking for your support. Well, you know,
6: Richard was saying that he's an auctioneer and I'm an auctioneer, and you know, in in the course of the last. 20 years, and I I don't say this to boast, but we've probably raised in excess Mm. of 8 or $10 million. (laughs) Absolutely. And and if you can raise that kind of money and affect people's lives, Mm -hmm. and you're doing it for the right reasons, and it's going to the right places, then you've done everything that you can do. And for that, you should be commended because that's what it takes. It takes people who are willing to step up and help. But it's not just us. It's people like you, Larry. It's people like you. It's people like Keith. People who behind the scenes maybe aren't the auctioneers, but do all the other stuff. And so the whole thing of it takes a tribe is 100% um, uh, correct. And and we are all one village, one tribe. And mostly we're one set of people put here on this earth by God with an unalienable set of rights. And we're all Americans and we should all
3: honor this great country and the flag that flies over us. Agreed. Amen. what is the most often question you're asked at the conclusion of an auction of someone that doesn't know you and doesn't know where your heart is and what your your convictions are? What's the most often question you get?
6: You know, I mean, it just runs the gamut. Um, I think that most of the time, because we start all of our events, and it doesn't matter, so I announce some rodeos and do some stuff, we start all of our events with a prayer. Yes. So what happens most of the time is people come up to me and they say the one thing that we can see is that your heart is truly into this but what got you into this Mm -hmm. and so that's where I just go back to what I stated earlier about I didn't serve I'm like Keith I didn't serve I I didn't have the ability Um, so for me to give back in any small way shape or form um, is important to me but um, I don't really have any particular Questions other than why? Why would you do this? You know, why would you want to help? Okay, I, since you asked the question, I can answer that. That's question. what I was my for. perspective. Yes,
3: um, one day I, I am a, a director of the Ronald McDonald House. If y'all are aware of what that is, yes. Ronald McDonald House and the Saint Jude's Children Hospital. Yeah, right. Children's Hospital, Driscoll Children's Hospital, operate on all of those those fronts. And um, a man asked me on the stage at the podium walked by at the conclusion of an auction. He said, can I ask you a personal question? I said, sure. I've never seen the man in my life. He bid on some items, bought some items. I thanked him very graciously. And he said, what do they pay you to do this? (laughs) I'm curious, what is your fee? And there was a lady walking by there that had a two-year-old little girl, ringlets in her hair, beautiful. I said, excuse me, Emma, would you come up here on the stage with me for a minute? She said, why? I said, just come up on the stage for, with me for just a minute. And she came up there, and the little girl was grinning, and I was playing over there, and I said, could I hold her for just a minute? She said, sure. I held her. I said, but for the grace of God, this little child and my child is not suffering with cancer at Ronald McDonald House. Mm-hmm. And the smile that I get from the parents and those children that we're helping that's my pay. No.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: That's what I get yeah, paid. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's no end doubt. of story. Yeah. There's no but doubt. I'm asked that question all the time. What do they pay you to do this? Not a thing. A smile. That's all I want. A smile. So I get an answer seat. like that, you can go drop the mic. Yeah. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <Dunda. Dunda.
1: laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about auctioneering. I, I get an opportunity, as soon as we finish this, I'm headed to Lubbock for the DSC uh, chapter auction there. where We'll hopefully raise a lot of money for wildlife conservation mm-hmm. and through DSC and the DSC chapters. And of course, I also work with the DSC Foundation as well, too. Why did you get into auctioneering So, so I got, kind of got the mic pointed in your direction, Richard? On a
3: dare. On a dare. <laughs> On a dare. I had a good Who was a dare? The dare was a man by the name of Charlie tall was a close friend of mine, had a severe automobile accident, and he usually did these charity events, and he did antique auctions. Right. Were they? Yes. Do I have $200? Does anybody bid $200? $200? You know, and that's the way he did it. And wonderful. Well, his foot... He slammed on the brakes. He hit the concrete embankment on SPID and Corpus Christi Mm. and shoved his foot on the brakes so hard that his leg bone split and came out the bottom of his foot on both sides of his leg. Oh, my gracious. So he was essentially crippled with a club foot. Yes. That day at the auctioneer, it was Ronald McDonald House. Excuse me. Halo Flight, our air ambulance. Uh Uh-huh. He was in a wheelchair with that foot propped out with all the pins and rods sticking to it. Oh my gracious. And we were about two hours into the auction and you could see and it was hot. He was getting fatigued. You could tell he was slowing down and his wife was wiping his brow. And I walked up there and said, Charlie, why don't you wheel off to the side over and get you a cold drink and take a break and let me do this for 15 or 20 yeah. minutes. And he looked at me and I said, are you an auctioneer? I said, no, but I can pretty much fake it. <laughs> he said, well, get your butt up here. I, said, well, I got up there and I started. I got about 20 minutes into it. And he's off to the sidelines there. And I said, okay, Mr. Seddall, come on, Charlie, come back up here, it's your deal. Come on back up here. He goes, no. No. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you exactly like I said. You are one sandbagging son of a bitch. You've known how to do this all your life. And I, I said, no, oh, I really haven't. I said, well, you're just going to do it. And so I ended up finishing it, and then it went on from there. People started calling me and asking if I had the opportunity and the time to dedicate to whichever organization it was. And I said, sure, if I have the time, I'll be happy to do it. And it just evolved from there to where we're doing 15 or 20 a year, uh, cool. just in our local area. But right. It, it's an art. It's
1: amazing. Well, you know,
3: auctioneers all have a canter that they do, and you have to develop. and He went to auctioneer school. Did you go, yeah, to, I want to I come back
5: pickup? to back, uh, oh, here, on the Mason
3: City, Iowa. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Well, when you go to auctioneer school, they, they they teach you that to develop your own style, your own canter, yeah. and. Um, and the Reyes brothers were cattle auctioneers. Oh, yeah. Down yeah, you remember Reuben and Bert. Oh we absolutely do. Uh, they were they were cattle auctioneers and good ones. And Bert, uh, excuse me, Reuben especially was a star quarterback, I think, for UT or somebody, he was a hell of a quarterback. But he had a little piece of wood, and his brother both had a piece of wood. A little piece of one by two and he'd held it over there. And after everybody Absolutely. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yep. and yep. I would listen and it was it would be Tell in now, tell in now, tell now. I finally said, Bert, what are you saying? It's telling me now, tell me now, tell me now, tell me now. Said, that was me his thing. Yeah. My deal is need a bit of got a bit of, you know, need a bit of got a bit of, you know, <laughs> and, that, and that's how, that's how I got my deal. And, uh, but everybody develops their own thing. I'd like that. to know your thing. Huh? Yeah. It is straight up quick, I'm telling you. So, for me,
6: I, I learned to auctioneer out of necessity, like I needed to eat. And so, uh, I, uh, I had, a, when I was growing up, there was a cattle auctioneer in my town. His name was Delbert Autry. And to me, Delbert was like, I would sit at the auction bar and watch Delbert. I'd just fangirl. And so, um, and this before fangirl even was a thing. And so I'd, I'd, I'd emulate, you know, I was kind of like the auctioneer song. I'd just go off and just auctioneer. And, yep. and so uh, I got hurt real bad in a horse accident and couldn't walk and needed a job. And some folks offered me the opportunity to go to school. So I went to Mason City, Iowa, and my dad had always wanted me to be an auctioneer. My dad was a sheriff and a policeman. And, and so, uh, anyway, long story short, I came out of that, went to work, went all over the country doing sales and uh, horse sales and stuff. And it progressed into where uh, I was just, I've just done a lot of it. And I do a lot of um, uh, junior livestock sales for 4 H. I do a lot of uh, charity auctions. I do everything. Uh, I'm very blessed to be able to do again what I get to do. And so the one thing that I'm able to do is that I can adjust my chance depending on where I need to be. So like Larry's talking about, I do a lot of events uh, where I have to be part entertainer, part auctioneer. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things that you have to do. And so um, for me, it was just one of those opportunities that I took and run with. And so probably the, the proudest moment I've ever had auctioneering was when those folks gave me that opportunity. My dad died of cancer, lung cancer, he smoked like crazy. but we were going through um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we had a big tack auction, and I was able to call my dad, and, and he showed up that night. His, his wife at the time brought him before he died, and uh, he was able to hear me auctioneer. Mm. And so when I got done, I walked back there, and I said, Dad, I said, did you enjoy yourself? And, he had a great big old tear coming down his eye, and he said, "Son, he said, I always knew you'd be a good auctioneer, and you're one of the very best." Of course, that's your dad now, but um, but uh, I, I'm awful, awful glad to be able to have done what I've done, and I can take that skill and help a lot of people. Um, you know, whether it be kids in need, veterans in need, whether I sell junior livestock sales. You know, I did four of them this year, and all of them were record-breaking again. And at a time where we have such inflation, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer in our kids and their futures. And if you do things from the heart, I think that it shows and that it conveys to people and that they they will reciprocate and so the ability to um to do that is 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 an honor like he was talking about i was sitting here listening to him and while he was talking that i've got a little cork right here with a cap on it and i was standing there thinking about that and i was just doing that because that's that's just something you do you are like i'm to 35 i'm to 35 40 i got 45 i'm gonna 50 i'm gonna 50, 50 now 55 65 boys now 65 75. I'm 75, 85. what do you think in there here 95 hundred dollar bill what do you say one more time and so that's what you do you just you you use that it's a crutch that you use you know and then when you're done you sell out thank you now we're going to move on to the next you beat, item you're so, beating the table running your mouth that's exactly right that's exactly right, right. perfect perfect for yeah, it. Right. so people ask me all the time what I do and I always tell them this I got two jobs I'm either talking or I'm hunting and when I'm hunting I'm talking and when I'm talking I'm usually
3: hunting for somebody to take money from
6: so that's my job yeah
3: yeah, that, awesome. that tapping is uh, very similar to tapping your foot when you're playing music. Yep. You know, it's, yep. it's your, it's your beat. It creates a rhythm. Your rhythm. Mm-hmm. Preset yep. creates a rhythm. Yeah. Oh, that's, and, cool. uh, that's awesome. And I love to embarrass people. You know, I've had women <laughs> wanting something and hit their husband and want him to buy that, and I'll stop the complete auction and have them both stand up. <laughs> Would yeah. y'all please stand up? <laughs> They'll stand up. I said... Why is it you won't buy this for your wife, your lovely wife wants this item? Tell the crowd. Turn and talk to the crowd. Tell them why you won't buy this. And he'll get all bashful and anything. I said, "Look, you got to ride home with her. I don't. I would assume you know." And then at the end of an auction, I always think all of those who bid on who bid oh, absolutely who good. bid because they're yeah. just if not more important than the ones that actually ended up with the item. Every bid is important. But I always have a gomer at the end of an auction that's not worth ten bucks <laughs> to someone <laughs> that was all they could afford to donate. Yeah, uh, probably a garage sale item, an, right. old, an old candle holder, or something, whatever. But make whatever it doesn't matter. Yeah. Something has to be first. Something has to be last. I'll save that last one, and I'll pull a, pull a bull over there. I'll, and I'll tell them all about thank you so much for coming. I've had a great time. Thank you for playing with me. My name is this. My phone number is this. You can get a hold of my wife. If you need anything, anything, any religion, any race, whatever, whatever happens in your life, hardships that you need a charity auction to provide funds, let me know. Now, I want to see a show of hands of everyone that bid on things that didn't get to buy anything. And the first person that raises a hand, I'll say, sold. Sold. $10. <laughs>
1: right there.
3: And it's a piece of junk that's not worth 2 But the crowd just explodes. Explodes. That's just another thing to have fun. And I, I thank them for having fun because I do it to have fun. <laughs>
2: It is. I I work a lot of auctions. I introduce a lot of bids. I play ring men for a lot of different guys, a lot of different places. And it's it's entertainment that you're doing, along with everything else. You're trying to raise as much money as you possibly can out of every item that's there. Because I know you guys, you're only going to deal with those organizations, those groups that really do something worthwhile. But to me, it's been a, a great amount of fun. I've done a lot of things with DSC and the DSC chapters and TWA, Texas Wildlife Association since we started that thing years ago i've introduced nearly every bit that they've ever done but it, you're right and we've done some of the same thing to where i pick on people out in the crowd that i know but i sometimes tell them ahead of time and sometimes <laughs> nope. i don't yeah and uh, well you know who you can play with oh so absolutely demeanor. You, you can and yeah. to me that is so much fun and, and I haven't had the opportunity to really work with either of you guys, but I, just the time I've been around you, I'm going, mm, I'd love to be at an auction somewhere with these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the our, our last WWO, two years ago, um,
5: Randy got the privilege of having a Trump wig on. So <laughs> oh, that was fun. Oh, no,
2: wait a minute.
5: <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. Is there video? I got
1: pictures. <laughs> yeah.
2: We, we may have released those somewhere with what we're doing here, uh,
6: I that. Just like not, like <laughs> <laughs> not quite not quite as full, but about the same color. <laughs> I did have to ask. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this around just a little bit and so we all know about you know the charity work that you do and all the things that you do, but um you look you're you're one of the most gracious men i've met you you're very unassuming you you're very affable and you 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 make everybody feel at home but in all the places that you go in all the people that you meet whether it be from five year olds, and speaking of youngsters, I just got to say this. We were sitting here earlier, getting ready to go out, and, and uh, Larry said, "I got this text from from my granddaughter." I guess I can say this. Yes. And uh, and he's like, "You got to hear this." So his granddaughter sends him a text, said, Papa, I'm about to skin a rabbit, and I'm not quite sure what I need to do, but I was going to ask Mimi, and Mimi said it made her um, uneasy, so she said to call you. So, so you stopped what you were doing and sat down and, and made a text about how to skin a rabbit. We did daughter, a, I did a long text. Thank we good.
2: basically did it. You know, told her how to do that kind of thing. I've been so fortunate so blessed in so many different ways. I've, I've dealt with great people, great organizations, and, and I love people. I, I used to get tickled because every once in a while I'd counsel students at Texas A and M years ago, and they go, "I want to get into wildlife." And I go, uh, "That's great. Why do you?" Well, I don't like people. And my, my my statement to all ways was, "We better find you a different major because when you're dealing with wildlife, it's it's not, you're into so many different things. It's ninety nine percent people and one percent wildlife." and uh but again i've been so very blessed to spend time with, like guys like sitting around this table so, whose company i absolutely dearly love and, and who make me feel so good about being a
6: part and getting to do what i've gotten to do so i'm gonna put you on the spot now, this, okay. i'm gonna put you on i mean this is like the real deal spot right here so like I said all the great traits that you have i see i look at you i, I pretty i read people pretty good what 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 is the worst horror story you have about being at a camp or on a hunt with, you don't have to use any names, but with somebody? You really are. <laughs> That's
4: the best question of the night.
2: You really are. I've been very fortunate. I've been around so many different people, and like you, I've watched you a lot. And this has been an absolutely great education for me as well in a lot of different ways. But I've learned how to deal with people, and that was there's never a situation where I don't feel like I can not. Work things around one of the things i 've learned a long time ago, and dar listen I, somebody come up and i 've been very fortunate because i 've been in outdoor riding and TV and all this kind of, they come by and they want to visit and I learned a long time ago that people want to tell you their stories, and so as soon as I can, I turn that situation around where tell me about your hunt you know my guy 's you know you, I know you 've got a great story I, years ago, and, and I can talk about this because it is kind of. I used to go to the Harrisburg show, the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania show, where there would be a million people come through the doors in 10 days. Mm-hmm. And every one of them wanted to tell you their story about the dough or the spike that they killed. <laughs> and you had to be as enthused about it the, the 500th time you heard it in a day as you did. And to me, sometimes I'd, I'd go back and go, oh my God, you know, how am I going to deal with this tomorrow? let listen to the same story again. and you, Because once they started telling the story, you could tell the story exactly word for word for what they were going to do. But I've been so fortunate. There's there's never a situation that I've been in that I just really didn't enjoy the people or enjoy the circumstances or learn. You know I'm one of those guys and I've noticed, (laughs) Randy you are too, you don't sleep a whole lot. Mm -hmm. You know to me sleeping is the worst. If I didn't have sleep I never would because life is so exciting. There's so many different things to do. So many great people to meet and time to spend around them. That if my body wouldn't require that I sleep, I'd never sleep. So I didn't really answer you. Questions. No, you did, I didn't expect. you go But you to- know, you know what? I used to work for the Texas Parks Law Department and I learned how to circle around
6: in circles. Story. <laughs> All right, so but that's
0: the truth. I, so I'm
6: going to say this. But we've got to hear a lot about what what I do, what Richard does, and Keith and you, Andy. Tell me a little bit about it. It's Andy. You. Andy Stern. Andy Stern. Why
4: did this come to me now? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm enjoying listening. Well, we kind of made the circle, Andy. Oh, man. Um, I, I, I go back to, I mean, I was born and raised in West Texas, uh, uh, spent my half my life getting away from there and half my life getting back. <laughs> it life and, back. and it's, uh, you know, a similar situation. My dad got pancreatic cancer in 2006. And uh, you know it's a horrible, horrible cancer, and it changed my life. Uh, one got me, got got me back to Midland, um, where's where I'm from, with my family, in a time when we needed to get away from where we were. Uh, and and uh, you know my dad had the the foresight. To buy a little place down on the Devil's River, which was in the middle of nowhere back in the eighties, absolutely. And we got a we got a thing on the,
2: uh, out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the
6: real, <laughs> middle of nowhere. You're right. A great
4: picture. He took his, his he took his brother down there one time, and his brother said, "You paid money for this? Yeah, but anyway, it, it's become a, a blessing because really? it's yeah. a beautiful place. My family has grown up there now, and and." Uh, uh, and I have, I, have, I have enjoyed it and going back to the wounded warrior thing, uh, the thing that has gotten me super motivated is I've always struggled with, I'm protecting the place and you know, I've been part of the Devil's Road Conservancy, I've been part of so many things to protect it. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, there's also a reason for it. And I go down there and I get this spiritual kind of connection to it. But what I've realized is there's people that need that spiritual connection, and that's what's educated me on on these these wounded warriors and and sharing a place where they can heal, and and that's just been awesome for me. Uh, and we're you know I go to. I, I don't. I, we don't do hunts or anything like that. We just do family hunts and things like that. But we're we're moving into that with these guys to help them out. And
5: you help one family. Yeah, nice. I
4: absolutely. I mean, and it's just been so rewarding, and it's kind of fulfilled my connection to the place. Like I, I, I always wondered why this was part of my life, and then it's kind of given me that answer. Um, well, you're, so.
5: you're you're not focusing on you anymore. Right? But you're focusing on helping someone. Well,
4: now I'm focusing on me because I get to go down
5: <laughs> um,
4: and and enjoy you can it. Share it. Yeah, so. yeah, and for the right reasons. Yeah, and, exactly. And, you know, the, the, that river is so small, and it's been perceived as this like greedy ri- river with like you know few landowners that protect it, and they protect it for the right reasons. Right. It's it's one of the most unspoiled places in in the country. And what that provides people that need help, whether it's a wounded warrior or just someone struggling in life, is that nature is so powerful. And and like you said tonight when we were watching that sunset, I mean there's a reason. And uh, Wait, we'll, just to be clear,
6: you guys were watching the sunset, you and Keith? We weren't holding it right? 'cause well, hands where were <laughs> the rest us? I didn't see no sunset. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> but even,
4: even standing up there, just 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 everywhere I go when I go on these hunts and stuff, and I'm just blessed to be able to do this. one and and this one especially, I mean, I got to tell you that this this group, y'all are great people. I mean, and, and uh, uh, yeah, well, Randy's. I mean, uh, uh, but, um, uh, I, I have had a it, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be around people that that understand the the power of it, uh, that that respect wildlife, they respect nature, that that understand, you know, this country and what it's about and give back. I mean, that, that all of the ingredients are just right here at this Man, table right, and, right. and uh, I just love it. And so well, I, I it's, been, it. it's been a pleasure to have you guys
6: here and I don't know, I don't know how much time we have left. I don't know if we're going to stay here for four days. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going on to see my little girls play. In about there you days. go. But, um, but but my question is this: so none of us really knew each other. I would met Larry. Um, don't know. I met him through a great friend of mine, Brad Farr. um Owns Uvalco there in uh, Great guy in, in Uvalde, yeah, um, Texas. But the opportunity that we've had has brought us together as friends. And and I know you guys all do what you do. You know individually, but. I know that you guys having the opportunity to hunt with Larry is something special. And just give me just a quick, brief word, each of you, about that. Because I know what it means to me. He's a legend in, in my world and in what we do. But um, he's also, every day, the man that I know who um, is my father, who is my friend, people that I grew up with. And that, to me, means everything. But I want to hear y'all's perspective.
4: That was his way of saying that I'm the oldest guy at the table. <laughs> I'll start because uh, I, I was super excited about this. We've known each other through through auctions and through, through discussions with mutual friends, and, and got to know each other. But I was excited about it because the, the, the amount of knowledge this man has. You know, I, I was expecting to get a little bit of it, but I mean, the la- these last four days have been amazing. The, the things I've walked away from just listening to your stories and listening to the, the just your life and your love of nature, of Caterpillars of of flowers. I I watched you today. while we're you're you're shooting? You're shooting, and he's over there taking a picture of a of a weed in in the ground. Actually, you know what it was? It was a grasshopper that was so perfectly
2: camouflaged. And I thought, man, this will be a great thing that I can put on Facebook or whatever. Can you find the grasshopper? You (laughs) know, hey, we spent thirty minutes the other day on a
5: horny toad that
2: was just. Oh yeah, we were (laughs) taking him out.
4: But you know what's great about that? I mean, it's, it's 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 just the connection and and your passion for it and your your ability to share it in such a human way and be such a a gentleman all the way through I mean you you have you you know so many people you 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 are a legend I mean I'll I'll give you that but you don't carry it that way you carry it as a -hmm. I mean you're a friend and and uh, I I appreciate I, I I will I will never get what uh, you'll never understand what I've gotten out of this four days with you. so You're very thank kind. You, thank you.
3: <laughs> so, Richard? Well, I first met Larry down at a little ranch down in South Texas named LaRouche. It's down in uh, South Texas, like I said, close to the King Ranch, whitetail operation. And uh, Greg Simons called me, and I had cooked, I had just started with Greg, and I cooked in two different camps, the two roughest camps you can possibly <laughs> cook in. At the O2 Ranch up in Alpine, and then another little ranch, and they were rough, but we made it. Well, I ended up at LaRusha and Greg called me on the phone at 4.30 in the afternoon, and he said, do you buy any chance? I know tonight is steak night. It's the first night at the camp. He said, do you by any chance? Have a couple extra steaks. I've got a buddy of mine with me, and we want to stop by and visit a little bit. I said, absolutely. I have no clue. He doesn't tell me. I have no clue. I had worked for Greg for probably six weeks, actually, and had never met the man. He hired me over a telephone, over a recommendation by David Griffith, who'd been his cook long time, 17 years or so, very good camp cook, recommended me. And Greg hired me, and I don't say sight unseen, I say taste untried, (laughs) taste untried. And here he is coming down here with a guest, I have no clue who it is, and I'm thinking, well, I get to meet Greg finally. This will be cool. And I had watched Larry on TV, handgun, shooting and hunting all over the world. And that door opens up and Greg Simons, which is, hits me about right here. And in comes, <laughs> hey, in walks in, this towering yeah. individual. Leviathan.
1: Like, <laughs> and with that
3: signature hat, and I went, Oh God, <laughs> now what am I gonna do? Yeah. Like, well, the only thing I can do is just be me. I'll just be me. I'm not gonna put on any air, I'll just be me. So we had dinner. After dinner, Larry came up and wants to talk to me a minute, and he said, do you happen to have a card? I said, I do. I said, let me go out to my truck and get it. He said, let me follow you out there. I, I'll, I wanna I'll get a card from you, I'll talk to you a minute. I said, okay. He came out there and gave me the biggest compliment I have ever received in my entire life. He said, I want to tell you, you are the greatest camp cook I've ever had the opportunity to dine at your table. And I have eaten all over the world at camps everywhere. And he said, I'm going to tell you why. I'm not going to talk about the food. We already know that that was a winner. He said, of well, it's your personality. And he said, you treated me equally with all of your clients and your guides. You never came to my table first to wait on me to see if I wanted another piece of steak, if I wanted more baked potato, if I needed iced tea. You made the rounds through the entire room and made it over to me. He said, that's what makes you the best. He said, in some circles, I'm considered a celebrity, but tonight, you made me feel like one of the guys, and I thank you for that. And I thank you for that.
6: (laughs) That was a great story about cooking, but I just want to know about hunting. What about you, Keith? What do you think about old Washington? Well, you know, had to hunt him for three oh days. My yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had he sneezed three yeah. times said his last name.
5: <laughs> well, just as a Southern boy, you know, raised in the South and uh, hunting whitetails, and you know, I've I've seen Larry for years and and watched him and uh, know his his background in whitetail management and 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 just nutrition and different things that he did for animals and i don't have a degree but guys like larry i would watch white institute just some different type guys Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that that had a passion for that and i carried that into all my hunt clubs all my management to to the point where i was managing a a large ranch in in central florida and growing some huge whitetails and watching Mm -hmm. that production but just just being encouraged by a guy that we kind of have i think kind of riding on the buggy we, we were chatting and just talking and I think we're kind of kindred spirits on that, Amen. Kind of, you know, how we <laughs> want to manage worship. and grow stuff and, you know, just just the habitat improvement and all that. And I, I say I'm a geek with it. And it's just it's just a passion I have, you know, to fix that soil, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get that right nutrition into that, to, to get the habitat right, to have those those bedding areas, to have those sanctuaries to have that different stuff and i learned that from watching guys like larry so larry can't yeah, awesome. you enough. i think that. you do a
4: great job of humanizing it too yeah it's like, exactly. not science it's it's just
5: it and you don't need this big budget you don't need you need to use your head you need to understand the dynamics and what these bucks are looking for and what these yep. does need and food water and you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Especially for the car. bucks he's and living it too. Yeah, man. exactly. It's exactly. Bad. It's not this big budget thing. And Larry's done that. He's set up plans for, for, yep. for big ranches and stuff, but for the average guy that just want to improve twenty acres or two hundred acres or two thousand acres, just practical applications, yep. you know, to make that land better. Um, I thank you for that.
2: Well you were very welcome. It is an art because it's like a painting. You can be the best guy there ever was that knows about colors. You can be the best person that knows about composition, about accuracy and all that kind of But it's taking all these different scientific regiments and combining them, and that's where the art comes in. And it's a continual learning process all the way through. And we owe it to that. We owe it to that property. We owe it to we
5: the We owe have- it to the future. Amen. We owe it to our kids. We owe it to the, the animals. to the to the animals, and to the, the country. Yeah. yeah, to the habitat cuz nobody you can talk about a lot of these, you know, these different people that do things, but when you're on the ground floor and you're you're touching that dirt and you're running those pH samples and you're figuring out how many predators you got, and how many you got to take off. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal.
4: Oh yeah. Know? It's such a weird conversation of 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 you know, we're hunters. We're we're killing animals. On one level, we're killing animals, but our love for those animals—it's such a
5: small so heart.
4: It's such a, I mean, and, and, yeah, and a
5: misunderstanding. All this other that we're connection talking connection
4: to what we're doing. I look
5: at it that that's our that's our reward. You know, that's yeah. our benefit. The protein we take back to our families is is a culmination mm-hmm. of all that work, and and God gave us that right. He built these animals for protein to nourish our bodies. And ultimately,
4: that's, that's how we, yeah. you know, in, in a weird way, it's a respect. I mean, yeah, it's, it's absolutely. a, yeah. I mean, so. I'd like to get, you know, put on a mantle after I die. But and, thanks,
6: Larry, you, you have an <laughs> if you, 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 you will, if they cremate so. you and put you in a record. Yeah, I thought, I have I already it already in
3: writing. <laughs> put down that I am going to be cremated. And my closest friends will be at my ranch on opening day of dove season. I'm going to have my ashes put in the shot shell yeah. in a box. Each one gets a complimentary box, and they don't know which one's me when they blow that big puff of white comes out. No, well, no, that'll work, but I, I could probably raise or lower my pH with your ashes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna putting, i got to have a lot of
5: ashes. I'm going to put in tannerite. A tannerite, yeah. Larry, again, thank you. <laughs> yeah.
2: You've, You've thank had you. an impact on a lot of
5: us just over three boys that wanted you know to improve our property so
2: thank you for well I, I appreciate all the accolades but we're all in this together and this yep. has been such a fabulous group before we close this out i have to tell you i told randy today i said you know what i'm mad at myself and he goes why are you mad at yourself is it because i had not been hunting with you before this <laughs> <one>? <laughs> and i meant that because all the people involved here but don't this has been just an absolutely fabulous group i've been in a lot of different hunting camps i know that i've ever had as much fun and i've been in some really outstanding camps but with the people that i was with here and thank y'all so very much for all that
6: i just i really appreciate y'all well i appreciate you but you know the thing that that that, that makes it all work the best is that we've got friends mutual friends throughout the country all of us do well, Russell and his that's what i, I was just that you meet in life that are put in your life to bring you into contact with more people who are just good. And, and Russell Stacy and his beautiful wife and his family, he has surrounded and blessed me with great folks that we can have friendship and fellowship with Keith. I've known for a while and a long time and one of my best friends. And as much as you appreciate what we did, we appreciate what you do. We're, guides, we hunt, we do all these things, but what it boils down to is the very end is the same thing I said earlier. We're all Americans. We're all in this together. We all have and should serve under one God. And if we would all remember that and treat each other much more respectfully, we'd get a lot longer and, and, and get along a lot better in this, in this life. With that, gentlemen, we're going to drop the mic other than I want both of you guys doing
2: your auctioneer <laughs> chant while we're together here. Okay, we'll close it out with an auctioneer chant from both of you. Hey, boys, I'm 35, I'm 35, 40, I'm, fine, I'm 45,
6: 50, 55, 65, I'm 75, 75 here, 85 there now.
3: thousand thousand fifteen hundred now fifteen now fifteen now seventeen fifty seventeen fifty two thousand two two twenty five hundred five thousand dollars let's play five thousand uh you know where the money's going all a good call five thousand you believe it? five thousand now 52, fifty two fifty fifty two fifteen now fifty five
0: hundred fifty five hundred all
3: in all in sold it fifty five hundred thanks for joining
2: us around the campfire to leave a comment or suggestion for an upcoming episode go to Instagram at Larry Wiseon outdoors Please join me right here next week for another DSC's Campfires.
1: DSC's Campfires with Larry Wisoon has also been brought to you by The Crown Bar in LaGrange, Texas, H3 Whitetail Solutions, Remington, Texas Wildlife Association, TRHP Outdoors. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.